right. Welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. Real talk, real fans. We bring you Michigan football each and every week. I am Caleb, and with me, as always, is Craig. And it is officially, you know, 2018. I know that we've already done an episode in this year, but the 2017-18 season is done. We did our last uh, game review uh, episode, so this is kind of the fresh, new beginning of 2018. Um, uh, We're still going to be reviewing some things from last season, but this is kind of like a a turning point because it's there are no more games to be played. Uh, It's a time of change and adjustment, and we will certainly be talking about some of that here in this episode. Yeah, and don't let uh, Caleb's talk distract you from the fact there is a national championship game going that he could care less about. Yeah, we are recording here on <laughs> Monday night, and I am. I, I told Craig we could record after the game if he was oh. watching and everything, but I was just like, I don't really care. We're setting a schedule to. Our our plan is uh, for this off season. Now, of course, it might change every once in a while depending on certain things, but. Uh, I would probably say like 90, hopefully 95% of the time here during the off season, we're going to be recording on Monday nights now. So uh, just so happened that the championship game was still happening tonight, which I have no clue what's going on because I haven't even been on Twitter today. And I didn't listen to the sports radio this morning because I knew it was going to be almost all that they were talking about. Maybe they were going to talk a little NFL. I was just like, I don't care. Yeah, I know. And, you know, I knew you wouldn't care. And I know some quite a few fans of Michigan football aren't going to watch the game based on the fact because it does look like an SEC game. So, but yeah, the game's going on right now and pretty good game. So, you know, I've got it up. I'm watching it. Like I've told you before, I watch every game. It doesn't matter who's playing, but it is a little weird watching these two teams play because. It does look like a SEC. You know what it feels like? It feels like a regular season game than it does not like a national championship up against you know two teams that are really really good. But yeah, it doesn't have that championship feel because it's not two teams that you know don't really see each other too often. So yeah. I think that's the appeal of national championships games is two teams that are really good that don't necessarily see each other at all playing each other and seeing who wins out. So, Yeah. Like, I mean, it's not like I have something necessarily against either team specifically. I mean, like there's the annoyance with Alabama playing all the time, but it's just like, I think I may have said it last episode on everything. It's just like, they should have put Georgia and Alabama against each other in the qualifying game because, you know, you just, you're going to lose a lot of people that aren't really interested like I said, and you even kind of said yourself, it's just like watching a regular season game. And if I want to watch two SEC teams play, I would have watched their conference play. But so right. I don't know. I mean, it could be a historic game of like 110 to 95 or some ridiculous thing, or it could be three to zero. And either way, I could really honestly care less. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, two big time defensive teams. I mean, so, and yeah, it doesn't really make to be, you know, they're not necessarily known for their quarterback play. So I'm not saying, you know, you're going to see a lot of fireworks in this game. So yeah, it's, 
it might be like that Jacksonville versus the Bills game. Oh yeah. <laughs> Very low scoring. Not a lot of offense. And you know what? Today's football fans really don't like to see defense, two big time defenses in the country going at each other. So there you go. I don't mind it to a certain degree, to a certain degree. uh, Anyways, enough about that. Um, We do, I, I mentioned it last week, and I know that we had the issues, I believe it was now two weeks ago, but we had a voicemail. Uh, from a caller, and there was an issue where it didn't come through. So I wanted to get back to that uh, because it's definitely something that we can still talk about and bring up, and I wanted his opinion to be shared. So we're going to listen to a voicemail here, and then we're going to talk about it, and then I think if I remember correctly everything that was in the voicemail, there are a couple things that I will tie into, and we'll continue the conversation. So we'll jump into that voicemail here right now. Hi, this is good old Jim P., my Twitter handle is L 9 supposed to be a 19, but some witch that I used to date took it. Anyway, too much info right there. And I'm in Bowling Green, Kentucky, about an hour north of Nashville, part of the severely exaggerated conference, if you will. Anyway, here's my two cents. This may go for a few minutes. I've had it in seeing these whiny-ass fans, and there are Go Blue brothers and sisters crying over the star ratings. Star ratings aren't gospel. They're a, a service, and they, they have their own opinion. And honestly, before I go into it, and I'm not the only person that says this, if an Alabama player is a three-star when they sign him, he automatically becomes a four-star. If a Michigan player is a five-star, he becomes a four or a three. Just think about it. And like I said, I'm not the only person that's noticed that. But I'm sick and tired of these people, and they're on Twitter. There's one dude. I'm not going to go into pointing pointing fingers and naming people, but you'll see them for yourself. Hell, there's a few of these fans that really need to sit down and shut up. They're crying, he's not a five-star. Damn it. You know what? <laughs> it, it it gets stupid. This this uh, boy from Germany. I don't see how you can't get excited over this young fella. He's six foot six. He's two forty five. He runs between a four five and a four six. I've seen a, a couple of clips of him, and he's just a I guess a freak athlete. I don't know how you don't get excited about that. How do you not get excited? The running back from Eureka, Missouri, outside of St. Louis, six foot one, he's over 200 pounds. Really? I'm anxious to watch him bowl over somebody. I don't, I don't know. Just in the people saying that let's fire everybody. Who are you going to replace them with? Uh, the Harbaugh rumors are stupid. He's not going anywhere. It's just ESPN and Paul uh, Paul Fartknocker, or whatever, Mr. Mackey from South Park, if you will. I'll tell you what, he looks like um, on The Simpsons, the guy that owns the nuclear plant. Is it Mr. Dithers? I don't know. It, it, Feinbaum probably got stuffed in lockers and jock stuffed in his mouth as a kid. 
all Michigan needs right now. All right, and that's where, where he got cut off, so I'm going to play the second part here. Good old Jim T again, calling from same same time, same place. Uh, anyway, as I was saying, oh crap! As I was saying before, I got uh, knocked off. It it's just stupid. Michigan is a quarterback away from beating Ohio State. The last two years, it's been that way. They have everything else. I mean, Michigan State, you know, let's just shoot ourselves in the foot twice. It's it's just ridiculous. Some of these people, they just, they're crazy. You just shut the hell up. Anyways, guys, that's, that's my rant. I'm, uh, I hope you both have a very Merry Christmas and <coughs> Very wonderful new year, and can't wait for this bowl game. Maybe we can smack a SEC Heine. So, thanks for taking my call, fellas. Have a good night. Go Blue. All right, Jim with the old voicemail there, because that was obviously before Christmas and the bowl game, which we shall not speak of. No. <laughs> but, yeah, um, bringing up the bowl game before it was played and everything, and I know everybody had different expectations for that game. So, um, yeah, that was when a lot was going on with recruiting because uh, that was also right after the first early signing period and everything. We talked about it a little bit last time, but uh, I can't remember all that we cut out. So, Craig, do you want to uh, start the conversation from uh, reaction to the voicemail? Well, it's just, well, you know, when you have a down season like Michigan had, and I think at certain levels there was a down season, you want to see, you know, good news. And what is the good news from last year is last year we had a really good recruiting cycle, Uh, you know, a five-star and maybe the majority, you want to say, is four stars coming to Michigan and and that's the kind of recruiting you want to see, a lot of people want to see and excited for. So you see a down year, uh, okay year, not a bad year, and then you get some good news and you see that. But then this year you see Michigan coming away with, I'd say the majority are three stars, which is not at the place where you know Michigan usually is. So that throws Michigan fans off. And it's uh, it gets to a point where you start saying, is Jim Harbaugh losing its touch? Is he, you know, is Michigan not the crown jewel is, you know, those, that these recruits want to go to? And to me, it's difficult to it's difficult to figure out because I don't know if Jim Harbaugh is either looking at these recruits a little bit differently and he's looking at them as he wants players that are willing to fight and play uh, for all four quarters and grind and 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 be the best players in the world and not divas and not have these five-star guys who were naturally think that they're going to come in and start. And he wants, you know, guys that are just power hungry, want, uh, want to win and do anything to do it to win. And, um, he wants uh, studs and he's not talking. And I don't think he means studs as far as like getting five stars. I'm talking about studs that are out there that, you know, hidden jewels, Uh, hidden gems that a lot of people don't know about but uh you know and i also throw this out is it might be a little bit of michigan's kind of a down year and that happens with recruiting you know when you're not really the uh, 
the shiny toy in the room at times. You're not going to really get all the, the big-time recruits want to knock down your door. Now, look, you talk about Alabama and teams like that. The five stars and the four stars want – you don't really have to recruit much. They want to go to your college. So you don't really have to recruit much. They come to you. And I don't think Michigan's at that point yet. You've got to get out there and you got to really grind and get those players. And Michigan will get there. We will. Um, Michigan and I trust Jim Harbaugh. He's going to get this team up and going. And then I think we're going to see a lot of those star players start coming to Michigan that want to play for Jim Harbaugh. And I, I think that's what you're seeing right. I think that's what you're seeing right now. So, and I think we'll be all right. It's going to be fine. It's just, uh, I think it's just something Michigan fans aren't used to. Yeah. <clears throat> I, um, I kind of miss the time when I used to not follow recruiting as much because yeah. I feel like it was more simple. Yeah. And also, I didn't notice all the fans freaking out about it. But uh, thanks again, Jim, for the voicemail. I uh, I definitely see inside with him, and depending on how long people have been listening, uh, you may have heard me say this before, but, yeah, every fan base has its issue. Uh, it's like a family, and every family has its idiots, and obviously the Michigan football fan base is quite large. Um, the... Uh, alumni base itself is large and then you go outside of that to the fan base and it's of course even bigger so every uh family has its idiots and the bigger the family the more chance you have of getting idiots nice so uh that that happens i feel like a lot of our listeners are pretty level-headed i think we scare away the insane ones (laughs) or they just haven't (laughs) found us yet but um but, yeah, I mean, because uh, we don't really need to go into all the different ways that people have been reacting, overreacting to uh, the coaching issues and the recruiting issues. But I'm I'm not really worried about it. I mean, of course, this, this is kind of the early side of it. We won't really see the effects of this recruiting class for a little while. Um, I know some people talk about how some schools recruit players and they play the first year. Uh, and frankly, I don't care. I mean, if that happens, fine, great. But if they have to go through one year of development and they have to get redshirted, I don't see any big deal with that. I mean, maybe it, maybe it'll actually turn out better. Who knows? But I may have mentioned this two episodes ago when we tried, uh, when we were doing our reaction to the early signing period. But something just to even think about is just like, I mean, if – you can think about and recall back to high school. It can be such a tough judgment call. And even like Jim was saying, you know, these rankings, they're not a, an exact science and they don't prove anything. I mean, how many five-star recruits have come through Michigan that have turned out to be five-star performers on the college football level? Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, there have been plenty of times where five stars haven't panned out. And there have been plenty of times that three stars or walk-ons have overperformed. Yep. I think, <clears throat> sorry, I think there's more to be said and to be, uh, if you want to use the word concerned over, with the coaching staff. Because they're the ones, because you, uh, you can take the best player or you can take i don't know if you want to say an average player or just a really highly motivated player who doesn't have the same skill set as the best player and if you just have the right coach 
it can make all the difference. And right. so seeing what we went through this year, specifically, you know, talking offensive line and then some of the performance on the quarterback side, of course, that's tied with offensive line or offensive line performance as well. I want to see better development from the coaches taking these players and progressing them. So, well, we really don't have a concern on defense. I mean, yeah, the de- uh, nothing's ever perfect, but the defense has always been kicking and uh, producing. So that that is more of a concern to me than these recruiting and the star rankings and all that. Yeah, I, you know, that's a good point is having five stars that actually petered out and didn't do really much. And, uh, I mean, you can take the case, you know, a couple players, you know, I can think off right offhand that just didn't seem to produce. I mean, look at Green. When Green was here with a hoax tenure, he, he wasn't coached up very well by Hoke, obviously, and, you know, five-star recruit, one of the best running backs in the country at the time. And, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't conditioned very well. Um, you can see that just by the fact he looked, uh, you know, just – his body size and stuff like that. But yeah, he was a highly ranked guy. And then you got Michael, Mike Hart who came out of New York on the other hand was three star recruit out of New York, who obviously one of the best running backs in Michigan lore. And yeah, you take those two and you combine, you know, Mike Hart was a grinder and always wanted to get those yards. And then you got green who probably came in here and thinking that he deserved everything. But, and you know, Ty Isaac's another player, five star, Highly touted running back, went to USC, didn't get the starting gig, and comes to Michigan. Yeah, did okay at times, you know, for us, but uh, never really turned out that five-star look. But, um, you know, and I think Michigan, I think Jim Harbaugh and the staff knows who they're looking for. I think they they watch film. They Trust me, they're watching film on these <coughs> kids. They're watching lots of tape. They're not just going, they're going to the games, they're watching them, and they're trying to see, you know, what kind of runner, what kind of uh, players these guys are coming to Michigan. And uh, they're doing their homework. So you got to trust the process. I mean, think about it. If you get uh, Jim Harbaugh recruits these three star guys and they come in and they just ball out, that tells you what, what it's like to be a good coach. Look, you can hate Mark D'Antonio all you want. The guy gets three-star recruits, low four-star, but he gets them playing to high four-star guys. And he's a good coach, regardless of what you think about him. You and I had, you know, we think he's a salty jerk at times, and we just don't like his attitude. And But he gets his, he gets his players playing to the ultimate way, and that's where Michigan's got to get to. And trust me, you get three-star guys and get them playing like five-star that's coaching. That's that is all out coaching, getting them ready, and I'm and I'm I'm looking forward to it. So, yeah, that's actually a really good thing to bring up because, I, I mean, I'm not guaranteeing this, but I feel like that's a good comparison because Michigan State has been playing at a high level for a while now, and uh, that's exactly right. They usually do a lot with lower ranked recruits, and they get everybody playing at their top level. That is what they um, specialize in. I mean, that's what Alabama and some of those other schools do because they just do it with the top-level players, so then that's why they have a top-level program for so long. But uh, speaking specifically with Michigan State, that's what they're able to do, and that's why they compete in every game. That's why they um, have been doing – that's part of the reason why they've been doing so well. And 
Uh, then they had they, – it seemed like they lost that last year. They lost the mojo. They lost the grind. Yeah. They lost their edge. They lost maybe a little bit of development. Something went off a little bit last year, and you saw what happened. And not saying at all that Michigan has had the same success or anything over the years and everything, but I would compare sort of sort of a little bit what things happened this year for Michigan to what happened with Michigan State last year, where you saw some of Michigan State's games last year, and you're just like, wow, this is a train wreck. Mm-hmm. That's some of what you saw with Michigan this year, where it's just like nobody's motivated. Uh, like you don't see the motivation. You don't feel like everybody's playing up to their top uh, – Biggest uh, potential, and things seem underdeveloped, most of this pertaining to the offense, not the defense. And uh, and that's difficult for us to see and to handle. And so if Michigan gets the right coaches in and can do that development and get players, whatever they're ranking, just to play at their top level for all four quarters of the game, that can make all the difference. Right. Yeah, and you're right, and that's the thing with. Well, you know what? Here's the interesting thing with what's going on is you can, you want to coach them up, you want to be able to take three stars and make them four star, and make them better, and to 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 the point to where they're playing at five star level, and that's ultimate ultimately coaching. And Jim Harbaugh obviously can do that. We know that. And I think what we're seeing with Michigan fans is they're trying to be similar to the way Georgia's being and the way Alabama's recruiting and these other up even Ohio State is look there look recruiting comes with winning and you know and w- once we get there things will happen and you 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 have certain coaches that seem to handle. High drama divas at times, five-star recruits, high four-star recruits coming to the school and able to coach them up like Saban. Saban's able to do that. Uh, I don't know how he's able to do it, but he's able to take high-level talent like that and get them, get them able to mesh and able to get them into the national championship game almost every year. So, And Michigan isn't there yet. And until we get there, I think you'll start seeing more and more recruits wanting to come to Michigan, wanting to knock down the door and and get there. And it has to do with, you know, the coaching staff and what's happening. And this was kind of like a year where you just look at and say, you know what, this defense, I love it. I love Don Brown. Like you're talking about Don Brown's kicking it every year. And I can see why a defensive the linemen want a defensive person want to come to Michigan, but offensively right now they're trying to figure out their staff. So they're moving pieces all around with that. And so, you know, that might scare off recruits at times. And maybe they think until that gets settled down, we'll come to Michigan. But uh, this is one of those patience things until that we're going to have to see, look, we got a huge, a great class coming in. I think if we start this year, if we win and we start doing well, you'll start seeing recruits take another notice at Michigan and the offense and start wanting to come to Michigan. So, Yeah, well, uh, one thing is I don't know how for this offseason we are going to have any ground, any good ground to stand on for recruiting quarterbacks because – no, two of them got in. Uh, three of them got injured. 
Yeah. <laughs> All three right. of them got injured at one point. Last year, you had issues with uh, Spate getting knocked out, and you had issues with Rudot getting knocked out of a game, too. Mm-hmm. So for three years in a row, and I, I can't remember. I mean, there were – it seemed like years. Maybe maybe I missed it. Maybe I'm forgetting something, but it seemed like years where things were okay, maybe one game here or something, but especially this year, just absolute destruction on the quarterback. So from here until we start seeing games in 2018 – I don't know how you're going to sell it to quarterbacks other than Jim Harbaugh uh, being a former quarterback himself and being able to coach you. Yeah, even running backs. I mean, at a time where it's like, look, you know, Jim Harbaugh, and this this comes back full to where you and I maybe, you know, we had a disagreement on is um, I'm, I, I like a one back system. I, you know, I don't mind a change of pace back, but. You know, I like a one running back. I like the old ways of taking one running back and and they get experience and then they do really, really well back in the Bianca Batuka days and Tyrone Wheatley and Michael Hart. And you just take those guys and they run the ball most of the time and you get a change of pace back just in case, you know, they give them a breather. And at times, you know, hard about running this multiple backs at times, you know, they, it, it gets difficult. You get a five-star, high five-star, high four-star guy going, look, I want to be the back. I want to be the main back. And I get competition, but, you know, when Jim Harbaugh's one of these, I'm going to use multiple backs, does it scare recruits away? Yeah. I mean, if you know that you can be a running back at Toledo like Kareem Hunt is at Kansas City and be the man, and now you're in the NFL, you know, kicking it, uh, it makes it really, really difficult. But, yeah, your quarterback analogy was great because the fact three quarterbacks couldn't be uh, covered or it, it, it was only a matter of time be- between those quarterbacks that were going to get uh, knocked out of the game. You knew that. I knew that. There's times I said there's no way the way this offensive line's blocking that a quarterback's going to even remotely make it through the season. And you and we both saw that in, in uh, Acorn, Spate, and Peters. And uh, you're right. And until we get to this, this offense fixed – I think Michigan will will look attractive. I think this will be the year, and um, I think you know this might be the down year of recruiting, and I think that's all right. But I think Jim Harbaugh's got great recruits that are those diamond in the rough kind of recruits. So, yeah, <clears throat> we'll be watching that moving forward, and because um, recruiting's not done, even though with that early signing period. But like we touched on. Um, this is heavily affected by coaching. You know, yeah. Coaches attract players and coaches develop players, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, things have been changing for Michigan slightly. Uh, I think some people were kind of thinking that there'd be a big splash or a lot going on, but it's been a little subtle, a little quiet. Nothing, I mean, uh, uh, I, uh, I was one of them that thought there was going to be, I, I wouldn't call it like a cleaning house, but something where it's just like, boom, done, something's happened, we're moving on. Right. Uh, but so far, not as much as anticipated has happened. Uh, Greg Frey, who worked with the offensive line, is going to FSU. Um, so that is happening. Uh, that's one person out. We already talked about how the Michigan strength and conditioning coach was out. 
And so those two are gone, and there are two new staff coming in. Uh, Ben Herbert, uh, I think we may have mentioned before, coming in from Arkansas as their strength and conditioning coach. But then the one that has some question marks around it, just because there's no, it's a TBD on exactly what he's going to be doing. But Dan Enos, also from Arkansas, who's the offensive coordinator there, is coming in to work on the offense. He's formerly been a head coach at CMU, and he was also on staff at uh, Michigan State, where he was also a quarterback. Yeah, and uh, yeah, don't forget the Al Washington coming in at uh, coming in at defense. Oh, yeah. About, yeah, Don Brown, yeah, him having a stint with John Brown on defense. So, which is pretty good. I think that's a great hire. Um, I think you know he's going to probably be used in. The, um, I'm guessing probably outside linebackers in the Viper and the, things like that with Don Brown. And I think that's a great hire because, uh, hey, you know what Don Brown says? It, you know, it's gold, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm cool with that. But, yeah, I think the, you know, Herbert is a, it's not a bad, it's a good strength and conditioning. He worked with Wisconsin. Um, uh, the time, And obviously the type, he was there with the stint with uh, uh, Brett Bielema, like you mentioned. And uh, obviously Wisconsin's always know, been known for their, uh, great uh, linemen and stuff like that. So, but um, I think the one that becomes a little bit, I think it's causing a little bit of dissension within the Michigan fans and is the Enos hire because of the very fact is his ties to, what you have to remember is the dude has ties with two uh, programs, Brett Bielema, who, um, mm, at times, well, I'm not exactly sure Arkansas was the best team to be on. Um, but uh, the very fact is him being a quarterback at Michigan State, I think might rub people the wrong way at times because, you know, when you're a state fan, <laughs> you know, that runs deep and then you're going to go work for Michigan. And a lot of people are a little bit scared off about that. But, uh, you know, I, you look at the record at, at times, and, yeah, Enos is okay. And I look at some of the things that he's done, and it's not bad. It's the the ties to East Lansing, and then obviously the whole uh, Brett Bielema kind of throws people off because Arkansas was eh, – it's an okay team. It's not the best team. Uh, I think he, he worked there. I think he was coaching there. Um, 2015, 2017 on Brett Bielema's staff. So, and they went, I think, I'm not sure what their uh, record was at the time, but, uh, it was, it wasn't, it was okay. It wasn't the best, but, uh, yeah. So I, I think it's throwing people off a little bit. Yeah. It's definitely, um, not a sexy hire. Right. In my right. opinion for the, um, <clears throat> Sorry for uh, Dan Enos. It's interesting uh, if he comes in because, like I said, it's to be determined. It hasn't been uh, decided yet exactly what he's going to be doing. But if he comes in and works specifically with quarterbacks, I see that making you know uh, some sense and that possibly working out well for them. But if he's the offensive coordinator, 
That yeah. would probably make me raise my eyebrows even more. Uh, he was 26 and 36 as the head coach of CMU, one and one in their bowl games. Um, Arkansas this year for their total offense was 94th overall. Michigan came in at 105th, so you're not looking at a huge jump there. Even when you compare um, their offensive production, uh, Michigan had more rushing yards and Arkansas had more passing yards. Honestly, if you put them, uh, added everything up, though, they were pretty close on total yards. So nothing overly impressive. But like I said, I think he might work well with the quarterbacks uh, with his experience there, so maybe that will work out well. But the thing I came across that I found out is that he did uh, big things with recruiting while he was on staff at MSU. So uh, that might be an added perk. It may kind of raise eyebrows, kind of – I don't know exactly – with the idea, with the fact that he's MSU coming to Michigan, I don't, I don't necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily say I have a problem with it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's one of those things where you look at it right now and it doesn't scream, like I said, a sexy hire. Yeah, he's a young guy, you know, and uh, he had a, some part to do with Arkansas, you know, heading, what, becoming what at the time ranked number number two in the sec at the time and in i think 2015 so a couple years ago but then after that it kind of dipped down so i think that's why there wasn't some kind of stability in that rank if he if he was you know second rank in the sec as far as yardage and things like that i think this would be a pretty good pick but the fact that it was for one year and then it kind of dipped down and started going down throws up a lot of like a uh, lot of black flags to uh michigan fans and and you know what this is where this is where you know you you got to trust the coaching on this and you know like you said i don't think he's going to be offensive coordinator i don't i think he's going to be assisting on quarterbacks and things like that but uh um <laughs> if he does that would be shocking to me i think i think michigan fans and want to see a sexy pick like you're talking about one of those big hires for offensive coordinator um i think the fact you're starting to see a little bit impatience with michigan fans based just based on the fact is drebno still here and how god awful the offense seemed to be this year and um jim harbaugh still has him on staff and it look, it's getting impatient. You and I are even going, what's going on? Not exactly sure. We thought some quick tires would happen, but uh, haven't happened. And we're going to see where this goes. But uh, I would be a little bit shocked if Drebno still the offensive coordinator in this when it comes, comes down to it. Yeah, no, I think that change will happen. I know that there was speculation that Greg Roman uh, from yeah. the Ravens might be coming in, but he resigned with yes. them, so that's not uh, the case. Something else currently uh, coming up with coaching at Michigan is uh, Jay Harbaugh. Uh, his contract actually ends on the 10th. So Man. we'll be hearing exactly if that's going to be continuing or if there'll be any changes even there at that level as well. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think that there's – just like you said, a lot of people are hoping for something bigger. 
I'm not sure why. Uh, not necessarily that's taken a long time because it really hasn't taken a long time. I mean, it's been what a week since the game, so uh, it's not necessarily a long time. Uh, but people are wanting answers sooner rather than later. But we'll see how this progresses here in January uh, with coaching changes because it is anticipated that it's not over with. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see where everything goes. I mean, a lot of, a lot of things in the works, so we'll see, but, um, it is interesting seeing these small little coaching changes, but I think they're for the better. I think Gal Washington's going to be a great hair and Herbert is a good one too. So, you know, so we're just going to have to wait, but, uh, so far he's just going to be kind of the assistant. So nothing, I think if he was the offensive coordinator, it would have been known. And but I, I think he's just going to have a role in our offense, which is not bad. He's not going to have a big role, and so Michigan fans, you might have to, you know, it'll be all right. Yeah, I'll say I'm excited about the Herbert hire and the Washington hire and the Dan Enos hire. I'm just kind of like, eh, right now, you know. It's one of those things where you hope and trust that it'll work out okay. I, I, and my level of knowledge, I'm just kind of like, I can't tell you anything different, but you're just kind of looking at it with your head cocked a little bit to the side and just wondering what's going to happen with it. So, but yeah, so we'll see, you know, a lot of, a lot of things are happening within this coaching staff and I, I like seeing it, but, uh, um, I, you know, I trust Jim Harbaugh. I think, you know, this, I, I, I was thinking this, I said, you know, this is, uh, all these hirings, these, even if, as small as they are really, really matter. I think these are must hires for Jim Harbaugh. I don't think they're, uh, hires that Jim Harbaugh has to have. They must, he must have, um, this, this season. Uh, I think the Michigan fan base, knows this year and i think jim harman knows this year he has to produce and he has he has to have something on offense or this this is gonna get ugly well (laughs) i don't don't even think it's so much that i mean yeah maybe that thought's there too but i don't know how much he thinks about what other people are thinking but just i mean he's a competitor so it's gonna bother him yeah i know and i believe yeah that's a good point i i know i know that you he knows that the fans, he, he knows that he already knows it. I don't think he needs to see it, <clears throat> but the fact, excuse me, but I think the fact that he, like you said, is wants to win so bad that he knows he's got to do this. And that's Jim Harbaugh. He, he's, he, he's a win. he wants to win at Michigan. He does. And you and I know that. And I think he's going to try to get the best guys. Yeah. And well, I'll say this uh, though, too, I know this will be changing the subject a little bit here, but this might be the last thing that we cover for a little bit. Um, I really hope that somebody comes in. I don't know if it's a new staff person or what, or somebody just takes this initiative where is almost like a weekly thing, especially during the season where it's just like mainly with the players, but then also just like, the coaches too, and I, uh, I, it's a little bit different there, so I'll get to that in a second. But it's just like, don't respond on social media. Just let it go. If it's really that bad, shut down your account or something. 
Because right. I feel like it may have been a distraction, and it could have been a deterrent. And it sucks. I mean, I'm not saying, like, this is the player's responsibility. They should be doing this. But it's just, like, I feel like it would help if they just let it go. Walk away from it. Yeah, they. it seemed like they talked about the fans quite a bit this year, which I understand from some of the things that were said and done. But then at the same point, <coughs> it's like, you have the choice of how you react to it. Like there, there are certain athletes that you look at through out sports history that some of them looked for things like that for motivation. Uh, I remember hearing stories about Michael Jordan and he would find the smallest paragraph from an article written by Podunk Backstreet newspaper, something and he would use that as motivation. Like, he would find something for motivation. And here, and I know that it doesn't help that it's coming from supposedly the fans of Michigan football, but it's just like, look, either use it for motivation or get it out. Like, this is simple life advice here. <laughs> right, if right. Either right. use it to your benefit or get it out of your life. If right. it's If it's really causing you problems. I'm the type of person where I can easily just... Like, even if it's right there in my face, I can choose to just be like, that. I'm not going to let that bother me. No big deal. But not everybody handles things that way, as we saw some of the players react to some things. Now, I don't know exactly to what level Jim Harbaugh deals with it because he even brought up some stuff. I can't remember what it was now. Um, it, it was that whole thing that was set. Well, was it him specifically, or was it some of the players just talking about what the coaches said on, you know, it's it's us and nobody else or something? You know, you remember that when we were talking about it? Right. It was like, it's only the play, us in the locker room, the players and the coaches, you know, it's it's only us, nobody else is with us or something. Yeah. And it just yeah. left a bad taste in your mouth. Right. So it's just like, why, you know, I agree that something needs to be addressed with the team. But then it, it appeared like that was the emphasis when it's just like, look, you guys are playing games, football games, <clears throat> and practicing and working out for that. That should be the focus and everything. It shouldn't be this stuff with other things. So when people talk, I don't know what the question was. Maybe people ask them, what do you think yeah. about the fans? But if it was just a general question, because that's why I thought that's how it came across. It was just kind of like what have the coaches been saying to you or something like that. And it came up and they talked directly about the fans. And it's just like, even if that was said, it's just kind of like, put your head down, talk about football. You know, some, some of those born, you see some of the most successful people, and I'm going on a little bit of a rant here, but you see some of the most successful people be the most boring and bland when they're talking to the media and everything. Nick Saban, Belichick, Bel- Belichick yeah. exactly. Where it's just like, answer the question, be short, be brief. You know, you don't have to add anything to it. Talk about football. Right. That's, all, that's all you need to talk about. So, I, I don't know. I mean, that's my thoughts. I'm not sitting here saying, like, I'm mad at the players. I'm just sitting here hoping that they do take measures to avoid it if they need to or get better with it. Hopefully that's not going to be an issue. And like I said, you can, there's no correcting with this from the fan base side. No correcting it. Uh, no. There's no way. No. So honestly, the only thing that they can do is take measures themselves. Yeah, and you're right. And I think there's got to be some sort of. And I think you're going to see this is there might be a part 
or we're, we're getting to a part point in college football and sports where you you almost need somebody on staff who handles or you have classes or I don't know how you do it as part of your football program on how to handle social media and and things like this now and and have somebody there that talks about that and look you're right it, this is part of I I call it the you know when I see players tweet at fans it, it kind of bothers me not not that they're not right and I'm not saying that they're not right in the way they are but I'm also thinking it comes with the territory though you, this is social media this is the times we live in I mean when you're on Twitter you can tweet all you want you know and you can't go we want you guys to praise us all the time but yet don't say anything negative about us well that that that's not football man I mean you're gonna get the good with the bad you're gonna get the praises when you win you're gonna get the <coughs> well you're gonna get the tweets at you that go directly at you you and I obviously we do not tweet at players but you get you played good and you get all the praise in the world but then you don't want to hear any of the negative you want to filter out all the negative all the bad stuff all the fans that are out there you know saying just crude and disgusting stuff yeah you and i do not do that i i I don't know anybody that really does i know some people that do and it's i don't like it but to me it's like look you're on social media that's what that's what i see you and i've been on there a long time and we get it we've seen some pretty nasty stuff being said and i hate it you and I can't stop it. We, You and I can't preach at it. You and I can't be mom and dad on Twitter to tell these people to knock it off. They're not going to listen. They're just going to do their thing. And you know what? You just got to let them be. And I don't – I think if it affects the player, then I think there's more deep-seated issues. You know, look, it, it, me, I always thought – I think Jim Harbaugh would love to go into the football season and say, hey, players, guess what? I'd like for you to not be on social media all year until the season's over with and then go on. That way we can focus on, like you said, football. Let's focus on football. Let's not focus on what our next tweet's going to be. Let's not focus on what I'm thinking. Uh, let me, let's me. let not focus on, oh, this fan directed something, told me I'm a piece of crap player. Uh, I hope you lose your job and break your leg. I don't know. Yeah, he's a he's an idiot, but do you really need to tweet at somebody like that? No, just let it go. Don't bother with it, and let's move on. Yeah, uh, and I know that's got to be brought up at some point, how much they emphasize it. I don't know, but <clears> – and I know it's a private thing too. I mean, well, for me, I mean, it's not very private because I don't do the direct messaging that much, so basically everything is out there for me. But I know that some – for some people, it can be pretty private because they do the messaging part of it and everything. But it'd be it's almost kind of like if they if somebody could be assigned to player accounts and it's just like, OK, weed out all the bad stuff. And it's just like, OK, what do they need to look at? There are things there have to be things out there like that. I mean, obviously, maybe not on a player level, but you think celebrities, celebrities get tagged in thousands of things yeah. each day. So yeah, somebody's yeah. there filtering it. Or mm-hmm. something, and so it's just like I, I know this is a different level, but there there are ways that can be kind of done around it. So I don't know. I mean, I think that too, where it's just like, hey, look, guys, this is a serious year for us. Every year needs to be serious, and it's just gonna be best if we 
shut down Twitter because some of those other ones are more private yeah, to a certain degree, kind of like Twitter. Uh, and then you can also make Instagram a little bit more private than uh, uh, Twitter. Twitter you can lock too. So, I mean, there are different measures that they can take, but it's just like, yeah, I, I it, I'm not trying to tell them what to, uh, what to do at all, but it's just one of those things where it's just like, and, and Twitter wasn't around when I was, the age of these guys, I don't right. think, uh, yeah, uh, for the most part. So it's just kind of like, I, I cannot imagine some of the things you see on Twitter, if I was in their position. Right. I mean, you take the good with the bad, like you're saying. It, Twitter's a great thing with connecting fans with fans. And, you know, you, what you and I do is connecting with the listeners and, and able to, we almost had to at times get to meet and heck I've seen Twitter fans meet other Twitter fans and go to the bar and have a good time. And you, you're, you're making friends and it's just a great way of bringing fans, millions of fans together into one area. And yeah, you have disagreements and you have uh, different ways of doing things, but yet ultimately we want to see Michigan win. And that's the great thing, but it also comes with the bad thing where you have a player who stinks who's not having a good game and you're just going to have some of these fans out there just going to, they, they, they tweet out what they feel. They tweet out anything that they, at the time they don't take a breath and they just do it and they tweet at players. And that just comes with the territory. I'm, I'm not preaching out there. I'm not going to preach to them to stop doing it. I don't do it. Um, I just know that's part of the territory. You're just going to get, you're just going to get that. And, um, it, I think players need to know that, and I think they got to be well informed of that in the beginning and not take it personally. Um, just what you do is, like you said, take it and let it motivate you to really kick kick tail and focus on football. You should just be focusing on football and not on social media, right? I mean, yeah, <clears throat> and I know that I've heard some things where people are using that because Facebook was big when I was really in social media when I was younger and everything, and that was the thing to use. And I've heard that it transferred to Twitter and Twitter is still kind of big. And then it's transferring to things like Snapchat and things like that. So it's just, it's always kind of like you do the thing that's popular. So kind of sucks to have that idea of, Hey, you need to not do this thing that all your friends are doing, but you know, sometimes you gotta. Yeah. It's space. Twitter's like, if you're drunk, it's like the Facebook of being drunk. <laughs> yeah. It's like Facebook's very tame and, and cordial and everybody <laughs> – and Twitter is not. It's – man, have some drinks and tweet whatever you want. I mean really, it's really people are on there probably drunk and saying all kinds of stuff. So yeah, it's – yeah, I could take or leave it at times. I mean you and I obviously know that, but – uh yeah, we'll see how this goes, man. Yeah. But I think that uh, pretty much wraps it up for this episode. Yeah. Uh, we will be going into the off season with a variety of topics to cover. Uh, we'll probably start things off with, obviously, still recruiting season and then looking back at some things maybe and all that. But we'll see how that goes. and course if you have anything you want us to look into or want us to discuss you can contact and let us know our email is bluebrotherssportscast at gmail.com you can leave a voicemail just like jim did at any time 
to our voicemail, 551-258-3276. That's 551-BLUE-BRO. Just a quick reminder that there is the time limit. I'm not sure exactly how long it's set. I think it might be like around three minutes or something like that. Keep that in mind. Uh, Also, you can reach us on Twitter, which we were just talking about, at Blue Bros underscore and our names. So at Blue Bros underscore Caleb or at Blue Bros underscore Craig. Um, With that, we'll go ahead and sign off here. Well, and Alabama at this right moment is about ready to kick a 36-yard field goal to win the national championship at three seconds to go in the fourth quarter and he missed it <laughs> oh so it was a tie game yep oh he shanked it to the left so we got we're going to overtime <laughs> oh. so yeah there you go <laughs> so zero zero right well 20 to 20 but yeah <laughs> they bama had the game and all you had to do is kick a field goal for the way he missed it so yeah there you go man all right. Yeah, that that'll be breaking news to everybody because this is going to be posted well after that game's done. But. Yeah, exactly. Oh. All right, but thanks for tuning in, everybody. We always appreciate it. We appreciate the listeners. We're excited for 2018. Uh, we're going to always uh, uh, be trying different things and new things. So uh, hope to catch you all around uh, and that you might find us on Twitter. But uh, we hope you guys have a good week. Uh, It's here pretty early, but hopefully it goes by fast and it goes smoothly so that we can get to the weekend here soon. So with that, we'll go ahead and finish things off with Go Blue. Go Blue.